it's fair to say that everyone had some feelings this week. From Donald Trump to gun rights, we discuss what we do and don't have nuance for. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsy Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Before we get started today, we wanted to thank everyone for continuing to support the show. You can become a subscriber or buy t-shirts or sign up for for our awesome email at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. We've heard from a lot of people over the past two weeks, Sarah, and I thought that maybe instead of... Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside, we all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of make my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see, after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season, that I have nice looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. Traditionally, financial planning advice is either only for those who are already wealthy or salespeople calling themselves financial advisors who say they'll give you free financial advice but really just sell products to earn commissions. Fearless Finance takes a dramatic departure from either of those traditional models. Their entire business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable because we know that financial literacy, stress reduction, and financial security are critical to overall well-being. I'm a little bit obsessed with Elizabeth, our fearless finance advisor. I've had an array of advisors in the past who answered questions like, should we be spending less on this with evasive answers like, it depends on your priorities. Not Elizabeth. She answers with actually helpful guidelines. You're spending more than the average family of five, or I'd like to see this increase by 6%. Uh, thank you. This is Fearless Finance's mission, to make advice affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually and they charge you by the hour. You only pay for the time you use down to a quarter hour. Their planners meet with you where you are on your financial journey, no judgment. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code pantsuit. That's fearlessfinance.com and use code pantsuit for $50 off your first planning meeting. 
of trying to dissect all of those individual messages, as amazing as they are, we could tackle the broad themes that came up. Well, and a lot of things just happened. It's a, a lot of things have been happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think, the most neutral way to say it. A lot of things have been happening. All the things are happening. Well, the first thing I wanted to say is that if we do nothing else in our lives, I love that in this pantsuit politics community, everyone so expects everyone else to be nuanced that we're all like announcing it when we're not anymore. So we're, we're getting all these emails that say, let me just tell you, I've lost my nuance about this. <laughs> it's, it's just really cool to see that we've sort of developed that language and way of talking about things and those expectations. So I really appreciate that. I thought that it might be good for us to just talk about the things that we don't have any nuance for this week. And so at the top of that list for me, as we discussed on Tuesday, is pretending that rape culture exists. I felt that, that rape culture does not exist. I felt really strongly about that when we recorded Tuesday's episode, but all of the stories that people have shared with us since then, I w it's fair to say I've doubled down on that position. Yeah. Well, not surprisingly, what I do not have nuance about at this point is um, gun control and the continuing violence in our country. It's, I, I don't know if there's a point where nuance dies and you go into despair, but that's about where I was after we recorded our show in Orlando. We recorded the show and it said that at the point we recorded, we thought about 20 people had been killed. The number then went up to 49, 50, including the gunmen. I had this very bizarre, surreal experience where I was like at Holiday World in Santa Claus, Indiana, having all these emotions about this event while being at a water park with my kids. <laughs> it was sort of weird and surreal. And, you know, as the week I, I wrote something on my own blog that I just I sort of lost my nuance because I've lost all I've lost a lot of hope about this situation. I just feel so sort of, I don't even have the same verb to argue about it because I just feel like, what does it matter? Like, we can't even agree to not allow people on the terrorist watch list to have weapons. Like, I just feel so, I sort of, last night on my on my individual Facebook page, got into it with somebody, like, not into it, but people are starting to get into it. And I thought, and I just took the step back and I was like, okay, wait, I just want to clarify. Do you two not support removing, like, not allowing people with weapons or people on the terrorist watch list about weapons. Like it's so the, the, the situation with this issue has gotten so crazy. Like we have to like clarify, we have to filibuster, which I'm so proud of Senator Murphy for the filibuster, which we're recording Thursday morning, which on for about, you know, 15 hours, I think last yesterday. And they finally are going to allow a vo vote on this that we just, I, I don't even know. I can't even be less than nuanced. I have to. Ju I'm just lost. I'm at a loss. And that doesn't happen for me almost ever. The thing that I am <clears throat> at a loss about with this is more the hate crime aspect of it. Yeah. We got a message. So I posted on our show blog about sort of how I, I wish that we could just take a breath and mourn before we all start despising each other about our positions on guns. And one of our listeners, Kyle, wrote this beautiful comment on our Facebook page in response to that blog post. And then he mentioned how the investigation into the, the attacker revealed that he had considered an attack at Disney and that all of the comments that he, this, this man had heard about the Disney planned attack 
felt like people were saying, oh my God, that would have been so much worse. As though sort of the straight families having fun at Disney lives were worth more than the people having fun at Pulse's lives. And that comment just haunted me all week. I've thought about very little else, even though there's been a whole lot to think about. Because I can't imagine grieving a loved one and having that sense. And I understand our reaction, especially to children as a society. But I also am at a point where I don't have any nuance for not valuing the lives of adults. I I just don't. I, I feel like we have to get to a place where every one of these acts is heinous. And we don't need to judge the relative heinousness of the acts. And how how do you feel about there's been a lot of criticism of Republican leadership who have not specifically said they stand with the LGBT community and have skipped right to, we're so sorry this happened. The first, so brave first responders. Do you feel like that criticism is well-deserved? I read an article that was like, Republican leaderships need to find their butt, specifically reaching out to Mitch McConnell and being like, Louisville's Pride events are this weekend. We hope to see you there, basically. So I don't know that I believe Republican leadership exists right now. <laughs> and I and I, I mean that sincerely. I have Well, nothing... I was distinguishing between Republican voters and Republican <laughs> politicians, I guess. No, I understand. But like even within I, I just don't know that leadership is even a fair characterization because this week has been such an embarrassment to me. I believe that we should acknowledge everyone, right? I believe in acknowledging the first responders. That's where I find a lot of hope and optimism in these situations. I go back to Mr. Rogers' lovely thing that floats around Facebook all the time about look to the helpers. You know, that's where you you find some energy to keep going. But of course, they should have talked about standing with the LGBT community and the Hispanic community Mm -hmm. and Floridians and humans in general. I mean, and, and our Muslim Americans who will undoubtedly suffer as a result of these things happening. So, yeah, I think it's well deserved. I also think it's ridiculous that Chris Murphy had to talk for 15 hours to get an agreement on a vote. Mm. That's not where we should be. Well, and the only thing I would say about the Disney World thing is, and this is where I just lose all nuance. I don't, would it have made a difference? Does that, I mean, I I totally get his point. But for me, the implication that we value children's lives over adults' lives or one life over the other isn't it doesn't even hold water at this point because there were first graders gunned down i have a first grader going on second grader so i get pretty emotional about this they were gunned down and we didn't do anything we didn't do anything and we allowed this to continue the only hope i found besides the filibuster which makes me feel a little bit better is one of my with regards to um, the lgbt community one of my former law school professors who is gay was like basically like oh Oh, you've poked the beast now. Like, you want to get out of the way when gay people get involved in an activist issue. And like, basically, like, if you don't believe how quickly we can turn things around, if you don't know anything about AIDS activism and marriage equality activism, and now you've touched our community with this issue, and you're going to get us involved in this issue, and things are going to get done. Like, that's the only time this week that I was like, that actually makes me feel a little bit hopeful. Like, I hope that's what happened. That would be fantastic. I think, and you know, maybe I'm being hopelessly optimistic, it will shock me if we cannot at least move on the opening for people to buy guns if they've been on a watch list. I I really believe that will happen. I mean, 
I don't want to make this solely about guns because I don't think it is solely about mm, guns. I, don't I do it's so complicated. This, it, it it is about uh, guns, but not only about guns, no. right? I mean, the the thing that strikes me the most here is: are we really giving the FBI the resources it needs? Because the fact that this guy was on their radar and had apparently for a long time been contemplating these events. I just, and this is not about blame, right? It's just a genuine question. Like if I were a legislator. It's not illegal to contemplate these events, right? It's not illegal to hate people in your own mind and not do anything about it. Well, that's right. But he, but he, it sounds like he was taking, and we don't know everything, right? But he was taking the steps of like sort of casing places, right? Well, and the other thing that's beyond about guns to me that I think needs to be a conversation for real. I, the more I learn about the shooter, the fact that he would like my one of my friends made this point. Like he would profess to Hezbollah at one point, and then ISIS means he did not know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And this was a generally a support for a certain type of world issue. But the fact that now we're learning more and more that he was at these clubs, that he was on you know gay dating app websites, and that this could definitely he was had openly professed very homophobic things. To me, it's like this complicated mix between terrorism and a hate crime needs to be discussed and given its fair weight beyond just, I mean, that's what, when there's so much involved in this case to begin with. Well, that's why I hate, I love Twitter and I hate it because I hate just in the, the moments after we learn something like this, everybody goes into whatever their particular political sticking point is when we don't even know the facts. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do know, and I can, you know, I, I know where people's thoughts are going. We do know that he used an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with banning those whatsoever. And I'll link in our show notes, you know, you and I have discussed guns before. And so... For gun rights activists, you know that I am maybe just north of worthless on articulating that position um, because I, I really I, I believe in the right to bear arms as set forth in the Second Amendment. But I do not believe in the Second Amendment on steroids, just as I don't believe in the Commerce Clause on steroids. Like there are all kinds of parts of the Constitution that I think have been manipulated from a certain perspective. The biggest argument that I have seen over and over in social media from sort of the pro-gun side of things is that our country was founded based on a revolution, right? And people needed to have access to weapons in order to create America. Okay, that's fine. That's true. The world has changed so significantly since then. There is no equality of power between civilians and the United States military anymore. There's that is never going to be a thing again. And I do not believe that our founders believed that we should have nuclear weapons in our basements and garages just in case Mm. so that we could match the power of the government. That's just not where we are anymore. So that argument does not resonate with me at this particular moment in history. It was also a nation founded on slavery and the exclusion of women. Like, we've moved on. Things change. I think when they wrote the Second Amendment, they didn't mean like, infringe i think they meant like infringe infringe right like i don't think they meant you cannot in any way encumber people who want to acquire weapons and i don't typically look to memes as like sources of sound policy but i did see one that i thought was really great this week that just said what if we just treated guns like cars you take a test 
You take a safety course, you get a license, you get a registration, and off you go. I think that is a very reasonable approach to some mm. of these issues. So anyway, to, to sort of summarize, because I don't want to get into duplicating a discussion we've already had or wearing this issue out, but I do think that what Chris Murphy did will lead to some of these discussions. I don't think the public is going to tolerate another incident with no action. I just really don't. God, I hope so. Because I really did. I just felt such despair. You know, I was 16 when that happened at my high school. I'm 34. That's a long time to to feel like you were, you know, you watch something and you believe things would get better and for them to not. And I'm an optimistic person to my core, but I've just lost all optimism in this situation. And, well, I think, honest, if I'm honest, what happened was I was 16 when that happened. And then I was a mother to a, I guess it was a five-year-old when that happened at Sandy Hook. And that just felt like, it just felt like, you know, the bottom had dropped out. And like in my personal journey to watch this happen, to grow up, and then to watch something happen right as I was, you know, becoming a mother to small children just felt like it's only, your your entire life's narrative is going to be that this situation continues to get worse and worse and worse. I don't believe that we are going to have more inaction. I really don't. I really hope not. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We use our phones for everything at this point, but did you know that you can use it for some sexy me time? Don't worry, your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library, a fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. My son Oliver is almost two. The desire for more hours in the day has never been more real for me in my life. An extra hour for reading, for sleeping, for working, for playing. I could use any of it. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to then make it a priority. Therapy can help you figure that out, help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. Just last week, my mom actually asked me about my experience with BetterHelp after hearing ads like this one for it. And I'm telling you what I told her. BetterHelp was the perfect solution for me in a time of my life when I had too many plates to juggle, but still very much needed to talk to someone about the experience of keeping all those plates in the air. 
BetterHelp made therapy easy and accessible right when those were qualities I needed most. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a very brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Pantsuit. Another thing I want to say is that the thoughts and prayers thing always comes up, right? And so we have one group of people saying, enough with your thoughts and prayers, do something. And another group of people saying, how dare you attack thoughts and prayers? (laughs) My feeling about that is that your actions are your best prayers in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I I think we're getting hung up on something that's not a real issue. Samantha B put up that the Bible verse that's basically like, you know, prayers without actions are worthless. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember where this came from in my life and admit that it may have been the Bible, but something about, you know, you should live as a prayer. And I think that that's true. Now, do I think that that means that people who don't pass, you know, who don't vote in support of gun restrictions do not care about this? No. And I don't want to lose nuance about that. But I do think it's time for us to have a real discussion and do some real things. It's it's just hard for me to imagine that you could take a poll of Americans and have, you know, more than, I don't know, 2% think that it's a good idea for someone on a terrorist watch list to be able to acquire a firearm. That's the thing. It's like, that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about polling. I was like trying to dig deep within myself and find the nuance and think. And I didn't go into the, you know, we don't care about these people's lives. I don't think that's true. I don't think Americans don't care that people are dying from gun violence, even the most, even the head of the NRA. I know deep down people have to care. And I don't know if it's just we're sad, but we don't think there's anything you can do about it. I I don't know. There's a huge element of that, right? There's a huge element. I mean, whenever my husband and I talk about this, and, and he supports some reasonable restrictions as well, but he grew up around guns. He has a lot of kind of respect for people who understand guns and use them in appropriate ways. And he always says, look, Beth, people who are going to do bad are going to do bad with whatever tools are available. And if these tools aren't available, they'll find other tools. And I accept that to a point. I do think we can limit the amount of bad they're able to do in a short amount of time and that that's that's where our focus needs to be legislatively. What scares me in the sense of I don't know how to fix this problem is this isolated, angry, typically male person plotting to do something like this to to end his own life and the lives of a lot of people this way. And I don't know how you unravel that without taking a hard look at our communities. How much are we really connected to each other? You know, I, I, there's a technology component, right? How much are we willing to sacrifice in terms of our online lives to have more monitoring? There's a resource component. You know, there there is a lot going on here that does feel really overwhelming. And that's why I just want to see our representatives get to work on these problems. And I want them to talk to us about it as though it weren't an election year and do something real. And I want the administration, I'll be honest with you, to stop telling us that we're succeeding in the war against ISIS 
or at least be more precise about that. You know, talk about what we're doing in the Middle East, but then say, we've got a whole lot of challenges here at home, and here's what we're going to do differently. We're not going to just stay the course. Here's where we're going to move forward on this. And that's not a political observation. I'd feel the same way if George W. Bush were in the White House or any other Republican. Like, this is a new moment. And it's not, I don't think since San Bernardino, we've made enough progress, or at least enough progress that's been communicated to the public in a way that we can feel a little safer about. Well, here's where I feel like that is not the administration's fault. And I'm really ready after some recent articles I've read to start putting a lot more culpability on the media, because I hear these things. I, you know, I'm sort of paying enough attention because of the the arguments that people make that he does nothing, specifically some people in my own family, that I hear pretty often, okay, they they bombed this place, they killed this leader. They did this, they killed this leader. Like that happens pretty often. And right. which but they the media, it's like it's a side note and then back to the, you know, Donald Trump garbage fire. Like they, it doesn't get any play. I don't know if it's not sexy enough. Like nobody wants to hear that. But like that stuff is happening. But what you know, what can I feel like they're limited if the if the media doesn't want to pick it up as a story to share with the American people. Like you know, they can they can put it out in the, every way they can. But it's like it's not a sexy enough story to be like, oh look, we're killing leaders of ISIS pretty regularly and making inroads into this group. You know, we're gonna we're they're gonna keep. We're going to keep them so busy defending themselves, they can't, you know, proselytize as much as they usually do. I agree with that, and I'm aware of it. I think that's a separate issue from people in America. To your point about this guy, he mentioned Hezbollah, he mentioned ISIS, whatever. He doesn't know. There's like a general disaffection or something from society that I think whatever's happening in the Middle East at any given moment becomes a foil for that we have to attack differently than just taking it up with ISIS in the Middle East. That's my point. We should probably talk about Donald Trump and his views on this, maybe? Yeah, I suppose that we should. I don't know that he has views. He doesn't. He's just talking. I tried on Twitter this week to engage Trump supporters. We got... How'd that go? You know what? It was interesting because we sort of got... um, Our account got into this mix of a little bit of trolling, you could say. I was trying to not approach it as trolling, right? I tried to see it as an opportunity to ask some real questions. So my perspective right now is that Donald Trump doesn't really have policies. He has complaints Hmm. and he has ego, but I don't see what he's going to do next. And I get, and I said this on Twitter too, like I get that you have to diagnose a problem to then get to a solution. So it's it's not unfair to have complaints. That's part of this, the process. But what's what's next, right? And so every time I tried to engage a known Trump supporter with questions instead of a fight, they went silent. Oh. Just nothing. And it was like, these people are willing to like bully Insult all you. day. Yeah. But then and, and, and I don't mean to characterize all Trump supporters this way. That's not fair. But the, the people who were kind of coming to coming to our Twitter house, right, to, to criticize, then wouldn't stay to be heard. And I said, I will listen to you respectfully. Right. I, I will respect what you say. I just want to understand nothing. Silence. Really weird. You know, we've said on the show a couple of times, we would love to hear from Trump supporters. The closest thing we got was a wonderful email from Melissa, who I feel very attached to Melissa in the way that she writes to us often. I, I feel like we'd be good friends in real life. But 
But Melissa said, you know, I'm not going to vote for Trump, but here's what I understand from the people in my life who are. They think that he will be stronger in protecting our country than we've seen so far, and he is very supportive of law enforcement in a way that that community feels it needs, given all that's happened over the past two years. Now, I get that. I get that 100%. My question is, how? And that's when I listen to his speeches in the wake of Orlando, all I hear is more sort of nationalist groaning. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what he's going to do. I just don't. And he keeps saying, believe me, trust me, I'm going to be amazing. I don't. Like, I need to have a little bit more than that, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, anything he does say is so outlandish. I'm going to ban Muslims. Okay. That Good. doesn't even have anything to do with this problem, though. Yeah. I, like, he was an American citizen. He's an Afghan. No, friend. No, no. Listen, he was born in America. Like, it's just, he just can't wrap his brain around reality. And what really bothers me is that I don't see any capacity for learning with him. You know, I was thinking about, there's a very short list of things that I think George W. Bush and President Obama have in common. But the number one thing on my list, if I were finding their common ground, is I feel that they both were extremely humbled by the office of the presidency. Mm -hmm. I feel like they both went in pretty arrogant (laughs) and that they immediately understood the gravity of their responsibility and the complexity of the world and were humbled by it. I don't see the capacity for that with Donald Trump. I do not believe that he's going to get in the White House and suddenly become a reflective figure willing to roll up his sleeves and learn some things in order to make better choices. And that's that to me is as scary as anything we're talking about as it relates to terrorism. I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside, We all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of made my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see, after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season, that I have nice-looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable traditionally the advice would be pick one but thanks to third love you can have both third love was started to take all the frustration out of bra shopping that's why they make solutions for every bra problem aka bra plum 
Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. That's code PODCAST15. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Well, and I stayed up last night till like midnight finishing OJ Made in America. And I say that because I saw, to me, there's maybe some connections between OJ Simpson and Donald Trump in that it is a massive amount of ego and a total lack of self-awareness. And I think that that's the combination you get with Trump. And the way that flame, fame can play a part in that, especially if you've been exposed to fame for decades, he is just lacks total self-awareness. I also found something. Have you seen the, I think it's the Atlantic, the article about how he took out this full page ad calling for the execution of the the young boys that were important part of this process wrongly convicted of the central park rape it was not them they were innocent and he was like a like a lot of people point to this as the moment he really became like sort of a demagogue about certain things and i just think he and it doesn't matter that they were wrongly convicted that that changed his narrative inside his own head at all no i think he is a total you know egoist that does not understand like doesn't have any self-awareness about things. Now, I think that's a separate question for from the issue with his supporters. As always, it's like you have what's going on in Donald Trump's head and then you have on go- what's going on in each individual head who supports him, which is a whole different thing. But I think that at this point, you know, with the with the judge, I, he's had a very couple bad couple weeks because he just keeps talking. I think it's just going to keep going this way. He's just going to keep talking and sounding more and more ridiculous and force Republicans office holders i'll stop saying leadership republican, republican office holders to still you know just to keep and co- to continue i mean poor paul ryan i don't say that lightly but like dang i mean they're just gonna have to keep distancing themselves from him they don't have any choice that's not good enough for me at this point it's really not the distancing the silence the guys who won't even answer a question about him i can't remember the name of the one dude who told the press to contact his office because he didn't know what to say at this point No, No, that's not good enough. And I wrote on our blog also about exactly what I think Paul Ryan should do. I think he just needs to step up to a microphone and say, I got this one wrong, y'all. Yeah. And I don't take that lightly. I understand what a big deal that is. And I understand what what an agonizing process it was for him to come to his decision about this. But enough is enough. 
And I am watching very carefully every Republican office holder and thinking, if you do not step up and say, this is not our party, I will not vote for this. Donald Trump, in fact, is going to help Hillary Clinton get elected. And if that's not your priority, understand why this is happening. It's not because of me. And if people like Rob Portman and Kelly Ayotte and Mark Kirk and John McCain, who I think are important to keeping some kind of reasonable balance in our legislature, lose because of the failure of the Republican Party and its leadership, that is going to be a problem for a very, very, very long time in terms of attracting people to this party. Well, that's and what can, I read. I was read, I don't know if it was Vox or somewhere, and they were just like his polling bottomed out this week. Like it's just this is this is the this is the situation that can wipe out a party. It's it, the Titanic too, because the polling is already showing it in the down ballot as well. Mm-hmm. And that did not have to be. It didn't. They have created this problem. And it is not a hard problem to solve. Speaking of humility, all you have to do is say no. I watched a great interview with John Kasich this morning where he said, look, I can't get myself there. It's hard, but I'm the governor of Ohio and I'm looking at this and I cannot support him. Good, Kasich, stay the course. Well, exactly. That, That is, I get that that's difficult, but it is not rocket science. It isn't. And I would really love to hear from somebody like John McCain, who's in a tight race. You know what? At this point in my life, I'd rather be right than elected. And if this mm-hmm. costs me my seat, then it does. But I'm not going to lose my seat. Also, having compromised everything I've worked my whole life for. I just don't understand it. I, I mean, really you just got to say you have to say one thing. You take your your West Wing moment and you run with it. And you say at the end of the day. I am an American before I am a Republican. And think about how much coverage that's going to get. Exactly. There's a political upside to that, too. I don't want you to do it for that reason, but there is one. Mm -hmm. The press would love it. I I really would like to spend an episode talking about this. There was a really interesting study that just came out that basically talked about, I mean, the press created Donald Trump. They They are responsible for this, like the amount of coverage he received. Because he was sort of a sideshow at first, but the coverage created something more. And they understand now that taking him down is going to be the rest of that ticket, right? Like, there's nothing more to create. And so now their interest is going to be in destroying. Yeah. Which I guess that's fine. And and the other interesting part of this was that, you know, how negative the coverage was of Hillary. And they had this great line about, like, if you're attacked as a man, you look stronger. If you're attacked as a woman, you look weaker. And just... and, And I... I understood to a certain point where they're like, you know, if you're the presumptive nominee or you're the person that, you know, is qualified and can win, like, you know, what else are they supposed to say about you? But like that doesn't just because there's nothing negative to say doesn't mean you're not doing your job by, you know, just saying what's true. She's qualified. It's also not that there's nothing negative to say. It's that they've decided it's boring. Yeah, they decided it won't captivate people. And let me tell you, I would get on my knees and beg for boring right now. Do you know how badly I wish we had a boring Republican nominee today? Mm. Like I would give anything for Jeb Bush to be our boring nominee. Yeah, (laughs) you know. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I, I do think the takeaway for me right now is, and I have thought this all along. I don't know if I've articulated it very clearly. No one is going to take down Donald Trump but himself, and that's exactly what he's doing. And the interesting thing for me is, is this intentional or not? And Mm. I think that remains to be seen. We haven't gotten to the convention yet. I've read a few things that people think that he'll quit or that somebody else will come in. I mean, it's it's not over yet, but I just, I don't see that happening, not with that man's ego. 
Well, you know, we were texting over the weekend about this, and and I told you, I think that if he quits, it will be in this really dramatic, like, aren't I a hero fashion? Like, I could see him right before the convention saying, folks, I have exposed what a disaster this is. You're welcome. And what I've realized is that I could go in and fix everything, but that would only be for my term limited period as the greatest president you've ever known. And I think I can have a more lasting impact by starting the Trump media conglomerate. And here it is. And it's going to be the most amazing journalism you've ever seen. You know, I I could see him in some completely delusional and self-aggrandizing way, making a big splash that earns him a lot of cash and gets him out of this. And maybe that is just my wishful thinking. Yeah, I don't see it because he at a, a certain point he'd have to. The the assumption and the implication is that people don't want him, and he is not capable of saying that. He's not, not capable. capable of saying that, but I think he's capable of creating a story where he doesn't accept that truth. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Stay with <laughs> us, and we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of Pantsuit Politics. We hope that you'll continue to talk with us on Facebook and Twitter through our email. Leave us voice messages, you guys. We love hearing from you. And until next week, keep it nuanced, y'all. Bye.